0: is Christian Questions.
1: Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, for every minute you are angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness. Good morning everyone and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a purpose. With Jonathan and Rick, this isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics. As we look at them from a different perspective.
2: And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a
1: politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen and... Yeah, and then you talk and we listen. That's the way it goes, right? That's right, well, Rick. last time I checked. <laughs> yeah, and you can also
2: contact us at our website, christianquestions.com. I'm Rick, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I'm Jonathan. And we're glad you've chosen to spend some time with us this Sunday morning. And Jonathan, we've got a good one this morning. What's the subject? What's the question? All right, Rick, our question
2: is, what are you happy about? And our theme text is found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. And what happiness will be yours when people blame you and ill-treat you and say all kinds of slanderous things against you for my sake?
1: All right, now there's a disconnect right here, right now, already. <laughs> there is. <laughs> because you listen to that scripture. Like, and we're What? Gonna, yeah, we're going to talk about happiness, and it just doesn't seem to jive. So how is this all going to work? Well, if you remember, Jonathan, a few weeks ago we talked about worry. Yes, we did. And what is it, uh, how it works, and most importantly, how to work through it? Well, today, we thought we ought to talk about worries opposite, and that is happiness. So, what makes us happy? Is happiness elusive? Are there different kinds of happiness? How, where, when, and why do we find happiness? And really, bottom line is, what about the Bible? Does it tell us to be happy, and does it tell us how to be happy? Because everybody wants to be happy. Yes, we do, Rick. So that's what it's about this morning. So, folks, we want to open it up to you in terms of giving us some of your thoughts, some of your experiences, some of your happiness experiences. Look, and these are easy to talk about. I mean, that's, sure. It's happy stuff. So uh, we'd love to hear from you at 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and
2: that means we're on right now. Christian Questions, a weekly habit that's good for you. Thanks for tuning us in every Sunday morning from 7 to 9. Join our conversation any day and time at
1: ChristianQuestions.com. Christian Questions, your happiness habit. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get started here. Let's start talking about happiness and and what it means to be happy. First of all, just a a general sense, a general dictionary sense of happiness.
2: Well, Rick, it means delighted,
1: pleased, or glad uh, as over a particular thing. Okay, delighted, pleased, or glad, and there's nothing surprising about such a, a definition. Yep. And so we get the sense of how happiness works it 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 creates in us a a, a response th- and that response lifts you up. yes, it does again, if you folks and we want to encourage you to go back to the program we did on worry just a few weeks ago because that's the the alter ego of happiness. worry brings you down, worry ties you up worry, w- w- worry constricts you happiness is a freeing sort of a, a, a part of hu- the human experience. Sure.
2: It, it brings
1: joy and contentment in your life. So let's take a look at happiness. Uh, let's go to a UC Berkeley study on happiness. Uh, and this was from, uh, we, we picked this up off of uh, YouTube, The Science of Happiness, again, a UC Berkeley study on uh, focus. This, this is fascinating. Listen to this. For decades, psychologists tended to focus on studying our negative emotions, like fear, anger, and greed. But increasingly, over the last decade, they've turned instead to our
3: positive emotions, examining our capacity for compassion, gratitude,
1: and trust. They call it the science of happiness, and it's blossoming here at UC Berkeley.
4: We have gotten interested in these concepts, right? We've gotten interested in um, compassion or gratitude you know only eight or nine years ago there was one study of gratitude in the scientific literature you know thousands of studies of anger one of gratitude
1: and that's fascinating to me It's because because it seems like there's this there's this wake-up call to say hey why don't we study the good side the positive side great idea (laughs) and see what what drives people in that direction and and there are some amazing things that they found out in in some of the studies we're going to be going over those things with you and there's no surprise Jonathan as we were talking before we we got on the air uh, that when we look at the results of these studies it just verifies things that we have known all along because of the word of God because Jesus already told us a long time ago yes so it's fascinating and I just can't wait to get into all this so As we get started, let's look at happiness from the standpoint of a general happiness theme. Okay, so we're going to give you just sort of a statement and a scripture as as a basis for which to, to look at happiness. Taking action based in knowledge brings happiness. Okay, let me say it again. Taking action based in knowledge brings happiness. John chapter 13 verses 12 to 17 is a good scripture that that helps us to understand that. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at
2: the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that so you should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them.
1: So we're listening to that and that's the example of Jesus washing the disciples' feet and this is the night before his crucifixion. Right. And and he's saying you should do Unto each other, as I have done for you. I'm your master, and yet I've reduced myself to the position of lowest humility. Servant. Right, and you should do the same. But he doesn't say anything about happiness. No, I
2: I didn't read the word happy.
1: And all he said is you are blessed. Are you sure you have the right scripture? (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy this morning, Jonathan. You can't shake me, okay? It says you are blessed if you do these things. Well, Mm -hmm. what does that word
2: blessed actually mean? Supremely blessed, by extension fortunate, well off. And
1: it actually is translated blessed or happy. Happy. So there's a sense of happiness in the idea of being blessed. So when we say, and and oftentimes you hear a lot of Christians in their their discussing things with one another, uh, you know, I'm truly blessed. Sure. What we ought to be beginning to think about now is when we say that, we ought to be asking ourselves, am I truly happy? Because we're going to find that the word blessed really does mean, in a lot of ways, to be happy. And I think that's an important part of this whole discussion this morning. Uh, again, taking action based in knowledge brings blessedness. Taking al- ad na- ad <laughs> action based in knowledge brings happiness. Mm-hmm. They are, we want to begin to look at them and make them interchangeable. So, as we go through the happiness study this morning, if you will, uh, it's not going to be necessarily <coughs> focusing on a lot of laughter and things like that. It's going to be focusing on what makes real, true, honest to goodness, long lasting happiness. That's what we want to look for, and folks, we'd love to hear from you and your experiences at 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and, and that means we're on right now. And we want
2: to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page and our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com.
1: So... Our general happiness theme is to take action and based in knowledge, and that can bring happiness. Now, a universal true happiness principle, and we're going to be talking about true happiness. We're going we're to we're phrase it that way throughout the program because true happiness we're looking at as something that lasts a long time. It's not, it's not a momentary thrill, but it's a long-lasting uh, way of looking at life. Okay. So true happiness <laughs> it's like an attitude. It is kind of what it is, is. is what you're saying. And it's not an attitude that is easily moved. Okay. That's right. that's what we want to get to. How do you get to the kind of happiness that is an attitude that is not easily moved off of its uh, off of its center? Well, the, a true a, a universal true, true happiness principle is personal responsibility brings happiness to you and your family. So you have to work at it. (laughs) Is anything ever good just going to come to you for nothing at all? (laughs) Yeah, and you're going to be happy in your work. That's what you're going to do. So let's take a look at Psalm 128, verses 1 to 4. How blessed is everyone
2: who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Okay,
1: now just pause right there. Because again, you're saying, how blessed. This is an Old Testament scripture. We just read a New Testament scripture with the word blessed. What does the word blessed mean?
2: It means happiness or blessedness.
1: All right. So the the literal definition.
2: It really does. Yeah. Old
1: Testament and New Testament really seem to coincide with the idea that blessedness ought to, in our lives, equal happiness. And and, and Jonathan, let me just say that, oftentimes I think we don't think about it in those terms and we forget. That happiness is really attached to blessedness. I, I like it. So, anyway, get back to that scripture.
2: Uh, and I'm going to start it again since it was only one verse. Since, I, the, since I interrupted yeah, you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways. When you shall eat of the fruit of your hands, you will be happy, ah. and it will be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for thus shall the men be blessed.
1: Who fears the Lord? So you have this sense of do the things you're supposed to do. You fear the Lord, and you and you you, you, when you eat the fruit of your hands. Yeah,
2: you work hard. you, You you put your time and effort in. You do the best you can, and there's a reward for that.
1: So it sounds like happiness is also can be attached to that satisfaction of a job well done. Exactly, and I think that's important because I think a lot of times we look at happiness and we say, "Hey, that's something I want to come into my life." oh, bring me happiness, without having a job well done. And, and again, that's another point that we're going to begin to develop. Uh, Jonathan, let's go to another soundbite here. This is from CBS News. Uh, Time Magazine, July 8th, this this past, just uh, last month, had a cover story on happiness. And here at CBS News, they're interviewing the editor of Time Magazine uh, about that cover story.
3: Jeffrey Kluger is Times editor at large, and Jeffrey, good morning.
4: Good morning.
1: So we're a country founded on this principle, Um, philosophers have talked about it for centuries. How happy are we?
4: Well, we are less happy than we would like to be. In 2004, 79% of us called ourselves optimists. We are now down to 50%. About 20% of us will at some point encounter experience a, a mood disorder in our lives. 30% of us will experience uh, an anxiety disorder. 25% of all women are taking SSRIs, antidepressants. And 5% of all men, and more than 40% of both sexes, admit that they eat just to try to make themselves happier. So we're having some
1: problems. What? Okay, so how depressing? <laughs> <laughs> you want happiness? Come to Christian questions. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. You know, they're looking at what drives happiness, and and you're you're right. It said uh, in what was 2004, fifty percent, or seventy nine percent of people. Looked at themselves as optimists, and now only 50%. That's an enormous drop. It is, that is. And so, we're looking at that, we're going to be coming back to that Time Magazine article periodically throughout the program, in terms of trying to understand happiness and what drives it. But here's the thing, Jonathan. Did you know that Jesus gave a teaching specifically dedicated to happiness he did? You don't think of Jesus teaching us how to be happy.
2: No, it doesn't jump out at you.
1: It doesn't, but it really ought to. Again, because that's what he did. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 1-3. to three.
2: When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying... Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.
1: So this is the beginning of the Beatitudes. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows about the Beatitudes. And it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Again, you don't hear the word happy. No, you don't. But if you go to the Phillips translation, and we're going to be going back and forth between the King James or the New American Standard and the Phillips translation throughout the program, read verse 3 from the Phillips translation, Matthew 5, 3. How
2: happy are those who know their need for God, For the kingdom of heaven is theirs.
1: So, Jesus is beginning to give us a dissertation on how to be happy in your life following Him. And He's not giving a little one liner, He's going to give an entire teaching on the power of happiness in the life of a Christian.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning What are you happy about? Coming up, Can humility and mourning bring true happiness? Say what? Morning? How about the lottery? Does that bring you happiness? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what are you happy about? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: So it's all about being happy, what makes us happy. And Jesus actually spent a significant amount of time teaching Happiness, and and you don't think about Jesus teaching happiness, you think about him teaching sacrifice, and teaching giving, and godliness, and all of those things. And where we're taking that from is from the Beatitudes. Right, because the word for blessed really does mean happy, well off. So, again, the first one, John, let's just read it again, Matthew 5, 3, just from the Phillips translation.
2: How happy are those who know their need for God, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs.
1: So he's saying you're happy if you know your need for the kingdom, uh, because or you know your need, need, need for, uh, for God. So as we begin to get into what does that mean and how does that work, let's go to another soundbite. Um, and this was from a TED Talk. Um, call the, the, the talk's title was The Surprising Science of Happiness this is Dan Gilbert speaking this is a TED talk
5: here's two different futures that I invite you to contemplate and you can try to simulate them and tell me which one you think you might prefer one of them is uh, winning the lottery this Yay. is about 314 million dollars and the other is becoming paraplegic <laughs> So just give it a moment of thought. You probably don't feel like you need a moment of thought. And interestingly, there are data on these two groups of people, data on how happy they are. And this is exactly what you expected, isn't it? But these aren't the data. I made these up. These are the data. You failed the pop quiz and you're hardly five minutes into the lecture. Because the fact is that a year after losing the use of their legs and a year after winning the lotto, Lottery winners and paraplegics are equally happy with their lives. Now,
1: That's startling. That is. You would never guess that that could be the case. What he's saying is uh, studies have shown that a year after someone who's lost the use of their legs and a year after someone who's won an enormous amount of money, they're both equally happy with their lives.
2: And it's sad, Rick, that those lottery winners years later... Really go downhill fast.
1: Yeah, they do, because most of them end up losing the whole thing because it's something they didn't earn. And when you get something you didn't earn, you don't take care of it the way way you you normally would. So here we are, we're talking about happiness. And again, (laughs) it seems to be going toward the, 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 the side of depression. Why? Because here's the thing, Jonathan. Difficult experience in life and happiness are absolutely related. And That's interesting. It is. It's fascinating. Let's take a look at, at and Before we take a look at this next scripture, folks, we'd love to hear from you on happiness, what it means to you, maybe some experiences. Our number is 866-985-4255. I wonder what makes Indiana happy.
2: Hmm. I wonder. I don't
1: know if there's any listeners in Indiana that might be happy like to tell us about it. or What, what, does make, what, what, what makes Tennessee happy? Those listeners in Tennessee, what makes you guys happy down there? 866-985-4255, not to mention Connecticut oh yeah. and Rhode Island. That's right. All right. So what makes you happy? Or those folks listening online. That's right. What makes them happy? What makes you happy? 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 for all So, Jonathan, let's get into this Luke 18, verses 9 to 14. And he also told this parable to
2: some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. Weak, and I pay ties of all that I get.
1: So let, let's pause there because Jesus is telling this story, and he's highlighting a Pharisee in this story. And the Pharisee kind of sounds like the lottery winner. Hey, I've got everything, man! Life is going good for me. I do all the things I know I'm supposed to do, and I, because of that, I am. A holy man. I mean, just let's look at me and see holiness.
6: Oh, I can see it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so again, you've got that sense of I've got everything going for me. And now you have the other side of the issue. And let's continue with the story that Jesus tells. But the tax collector, standing some
2: distance away, was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted.
1: So, remember now, the first scripture in the Beatitudes says, How happy are those who know their need for God, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Well, this guy seems to know, this, this, this tax collector seems to know his, his need for God, right? Right. He doesn't sound happy. He's like beating his breast saying, I am such a miserable wretch. So how could this possibly be a recipe for happiness?
2: But he has such a reverence for God through his humility.
1: And see, and, and that's the point. So the first point on, on true, true, deep, heartfelt happiness is true happiness begins by acknowledging who and what we are. Oh, I like that. That's, so, so Jesus, in teaching us about happiness, is teaching us that it's not something that's just going to, to, to instantly infuse itself into your head.
6: Mm-hmm, but
1: mm-hmm. happiness, in fact, Jesus is saying, I think, is a process. And it's, it's, a, it's a realization of where you are. And so that's the beginning. Now, Rick, you have a, a
2: definition for humility, I think, that w- really fits. What, what does humility mean?
1: To, to me, humility is simply an accurate assessment of, of who you are. And I think that
2: really Hits it with what we're saying here.
1: It does because when you accurate, it doesn't mean humility. Doesn't mean beating yourself down. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean saying I'm just absolutely worthless and I'm actually worth less than the dirt on which I walk. I mean that's not what humility is. Humility is saying just like this tax collector. It's saying, "Oh God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner and I need you desperately." That's humility, and that opens the door for blessedness. It opens the door. For happiness, so Jonathan, it looks like we've got Indiana on the line. I guess we have a call here. Yes,
2: we do, and we have Esther, and welcome to Christian Questions, Esther.
3: Hi there. Hi. I just thought, well, I should. I am happy that we are able to get together here in Indiana and have our Bible studies, and uh, uh, we once a year have a a gathering in uh, September, and uh, it it makes me happy that uh, we can have those of um, uh, the same love for the Lord and walk with with us to study uh, the Word and strive to prove ourselves. And so this is what makes me happy.
1: <laughs> That's a great thing. So what you're saying basically is fellowship in Christ makes you happy. Huh.
3: That's right.
1: Well, there you have it. That's wonderful, <laughs> Esther. Thanks so much for the call. We appreciate it. All righty. Have a nice day. Lord bless you. You too. Thank you. See now, now, folks, that's not so hard, is it? And what, it's a simple little thing. And, and and Jonathan, that's the best part about happiness: is the simplest things are the ones that that go the furthest. Yes. And for Esther out there in Indiana, what she's saying is fellowship in Christ is what makes her happy. And that happiness is, it can be a life-changing experience. So again, folks, our number, if you'd like to share some thoughts on happiness, is 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 for all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: While studying the Bible, talking about today's Christian topics, go to ChristianQuestions.com and check out CQ Rewind the full edition. It's a free service.
1: And and, you know, Jonathan, I got to mention something because I was talking to um, Julie, our chief, I was actually emailing her um, this past week about uh, Seeker Rewind. And we have a summary edition on the website. And Lots and lots and lots and lots of people download that summary edition. Mm-hmm. And folks, for those of you who are downloading that, that's a good thing to be doing. But a much better thing to be doing is to sign up for Seeker Rewind, the full edition. Because the summary edition has got four pages. It doesn't list anything out. It doesn't give you a whole lot. It gives you some of the commentary. It doesn't give you the scriptures. It doesn't put them in a greater context. The full edition puts it all in great context, and you've got to at least give it a try.
2: The graphics, the illustrations, the bonus material, it's awesome.
1: So sign up for Seeker Rewind, the full edition. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. It's really easy to sign up. There is no obligation, and best of all, there's no cost. And that should make you happy. Very happy. (laughs) So try it out, ChristianQuestions.com. Jonathan, let's go on to the second beatitude, Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are
2: they that mourn, for they shall be comforted.
1: Okay, so now read that from the Phillips translation.
2: How happy are those who know what sorrow means, for they will be given courage
1: and comfort. So here you have Jesus talking about mourning. Mourning, no, it, making it, it It's hard to fit those two things together, Rick. But Jesus seems to be pretty firm on his approach here. And, you know, look, let's put it together. If you and I have a hard time seeing the, the end result... Jesus but, knows. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to follow his reasoning okay. all the way through. I
2: got you on that. So
1: before we go further with his reasoning, though, let's go back to the CBS News report from that Time Magazine article uh, cover story from July 8th of this year, uh, the Time Magazine uh, looking at the science of happiness.
4: But yes. beyond money, what no. else is it that, that makes people unhappy? Is it relationships? Is it family? Is it relationships do it, stress does it, anything that dampens it. Fascinating MRI, brain right. studies that show yeah. with that, yeah. that um, when you are distracted by something You're happy across four different brain regions. Your happiness reactions stop. And this is the case even when uh, researchers put people in MRIs and say, just try to remember an eight-digit number while looking at happy pictures. Mm -hmm. They'd show that while they're distracted doing that, happiness goes down. So if your stress is, when's the next layoff coming? What are my deadlines? Your happiness is just going to be smothered.
1: Again, a very important I- a point about the science of happiness: when we get distracted, our happiness quotient goes down. Okay, we're not able to be as happy. And it said it, it, there's an effect over four regions of the brain. It's like cross-country malfunctioning <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to keeping happiness uh, in tow. Uh, Jonathan, let's go to uh, another call. Looks like we've got Connecticut now. Yes, on the we line. have
2: Connecticut, and this is Kathy. Welcome to Christian Questions.
3: Hey, Rick and Jonathan. How are you guys?
1: We're fine. How are you?
3: I'm great. You know, I just had to call in this morning to tell you about something really cool. I know you guys say that your listeners should follow you on Twitter, but they really, 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 really should. (laughs) It makes me so happy. And you know what? Twitter is easy. It is I my kids now think I'm cool cuz I'm on Twitter. Oh, there you wow. go. And I have teenage children. It is not easy to impress them. <laughs> so, you go to Twitter. You sign up. You follow Christian Questions. You got to go to CQnet Radio. And you find out if you missed the program what it was about. You even get sneak peeks as to what is coming up. What could make you happier than that? It is so cool.
1: <laughs> Kathy, thanks so much. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Take, Take care. care. Little, little little Twitter commercial going on there with yeah. Kathy. She's uh, she's very excited about it. And look, folks, look, she's cool now. Before her teenage children, she does Twitter. She follows Christian questions, and she's now cool. What is better than that? I'm telling you. Okay, <laughs> Kathy, thanks so much. And and you know you could you could hear the 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 joy in her voice. Uh, as she's explaining um, that that aspect of uh, Christian questions here. All right, Jonathan, let's get back to another scripture on happiness. James 4, 7 to 10.
2: Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into dejection. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And he will exalt you. Are you sure, Rick, this is the scripture you wanted to read?
1: <laughs> it, it sounds so completely, utterly contrary it does. to happiness. And you're thinking, why would you quote a scripture like that? Let your, your, your joy be turned into mourning and dejection. For Pete's sakes, what are you doing? But again, Jesus said, how happy are those who know what sorrow means? But he doesn't end there. He says, for they will gi- be given courage and comfort. And that's the point. So when we have experiences of sorrow and difficulty and mourning and loss, that is when we can begin to key in on true happiness. Because if you are a follower of Christ, what you know is that you have courage and comfort right before you so you can cope. And that is what brings us blessedness. That's what brings us happiness. And Jonathan, one more scripture along these lines. And you had mentioned this scripture means something special to you.
2: It does. Um, This kind of sounds like my experience uh, hitting bottom before the Lord helped me raise me up from the depths.
1: Okay, Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3.
2: I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord.
1: So when you hear that scripture and you put it in the context of what Jesus said, how happy are those who know what sorrow means, for they will be given courage and comfort, you can say, see, those two now do fit together. They do. Because you were there... And now you're here.
2: Exactly.
1: And you have that smile on your face. I have
2: happiness now.
1: (laughs) And so what Jesus is saying is he's taking happiness and bringing it to a level that most of us never even dream of. He's saying, let's bring the concept of happiness and blessedness into your everyday difficult experiences. And let me show you how to key in on all of that so your experiences can bring you closer to me and closer to happiness.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning... What are you happy about? Coming up. Okay, Rick. Now you're pushing it. (laughs) Meekness and hunger. Really? Hunger. Hunger makes you happy. Come on. (laughs) That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what are you happy about? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 for We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com. So, Rick, may I assume that Tennessee and online listeners are not as happy as Indiana and Connecticut. Now, wait a minute.
1: Now, hold on. Just because they haven't called yet to tell us about what they're happy about doesn't mean that they're not as happy. But, folks, you ought to call in and let us know. 866-985-4255. We'd love to hear from you. It's all about happiness. And, And, Jonathan, as we go through this study on happiness, Jesus is teaching us something utterly profound. He's teaching us that happiness can be developed in the most difficult circumstances. He's teaching us that, remember he said at the beginning, how happy are those who know their need for God for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So how happy are those who are humble and know that they have great needs. And when we have great needs, generally we look at that and say, well, you shouldn't be happy if you're, if you're deficient. But Jesus is saying no, because the kingdom of, of heaven is yours. How happy are those who mourn, who, who, who know sorrow, why? Because by God's grace, you will be given courage and comfort. So he's saying, understand happiness can come to you in the most difficult situations. Now, let's go to the third uh, beatitude. And again, just from the Phillips translation. Happy are those who claim nothing, for the whole earth will belong to them. All right. So, again, when you say happy are those who claim nothing, you think, wait a minute. uh why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want to like put your, remember the the story with the Pharisee, like I'm so great? Yes. Jesus is saying exactly the opposite. And he's saying, Happy are those who claim nothing for the whole earth will belong to them. So it gives you a sense that there's this there's this almost paradox in the science of happiness where you can find it when you're not trying to get it. And that it that sounds, is. That's unusual. But it works. It absolutely works. Before we go to a soundbite, Jonathan, why don't we go to the phones? All right. We
2: have Connecticut calling. Uh, we have Julius. Uh, good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions.
7: Mm, boy, I can see why uh, those two ladies are happy. They're, you know, you guys, you make us happy every Sunday morning.
1: Well, thank you very much.
7: Yeah, to go into God's Word and uh, to uh, reflect on His His uh, love and His uh, plan. Yeah, Uh what makes um, me happy well uh I reflect on the, the life of the apostle Paul and uh, I read his words uh his uh, lifestyle and his demeanor uh Philippians four eleven where he says, "I have learned in whatsoever state I am therein to be content I know both how to be a base and how to abound and then uh one timothy six six where uh to Timothy paul says uh Godliness with contentment is great gain, and uh, the bottom line here is that uh, is to have a rapport with our God, the creature with the Creator, and I think Paul he he copied the Lord Jesus. He learned a, a lot about the Lord Jesus, and he did that when he became when he was translated when he switched from uh, Saul paul that's when he uh he was used by god as a chosen vessel and he learned about our god and uh, our lord jesus and thus there is no peace no happiness aside from our god thank you god bless thank you joyous appreciate your call
1: Yeah, and Julius you know, kind of stole some of our notes here, but that's okay. That's good. We're happy about it because yes. he's just giving you a preview of what's to come. So one of the things that makes him happy is reflecting on the life and writings of the Apostle Paul because it gives him perspective. And, and that's what Jesus is teaching us here. Perspective is everything when it comes to finding true happiness. This next sound by Jonathan, this is from that TED Talk by Dan Gilbert on the surprising science of happiness. He's going to introduce a concept a scientific concept of happiness that if you get it and we're going to be talking about this through the rest of the program is is a mind blowing thing when it comes to understanding what makes happiness work
5: we smirk because we believe that synthetic happiness is not of the same quality as what we might call natural happiness what are these terms natural happiness is what we get when we get what we wanted and synthetic happiness is what we make when we don't get what we wanted. And in our society, we have a strong belief that synthetic happiness is of an inferior kind. Why do we have that belief? Well, it's very simple. What kind of economic engine would keep churning if we believe that not getting what we want could make us just as happy as getting it? (laughs) I want to suggest to you that synthetic happiness is every bit as real and enduring as the kind of happiness you stumble upon when you get exactly what you were aiming for.
1: So he's he's saying there's two ways happiness comes to you. One is when you get what you want. That makes us happy. Okay. The other is is synthetic happiness. He says is what we make when we don't get what we wanted so life didn't go the way you wanted it to you can still be happy
2: you can learn to be happy with whatever state you're in
1: exactly okay. and, Philippi- and so we're, that's a, it's an incredible principle and i think jesus taught that two thousand years before this guy figured it out okay, that's <laughs> okay. that's that's what's was coming out here but philippians 3 4 to 8 is going to help us lock in on that and this is the apostle paul speaking and this is julius this one's for you <laughs> although
2: i myself might have confidence even in the flesh If anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more, circumcised the eighth day and of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that... I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, from whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that
1: I may gain Christ. So the apostle Paul is explaining natural happiness. I had everything. I was in the. I was a a powerful Pharisee. I knew everything. I taught everything. Everybody respected me. But nothing that doesn't matter anymore, Rick. Right. He's saying the the, the hap. I am happier now that I, all of those things are rubbish right and now that i have gained christ because now i have i have learned happiness in 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 lack in want and that makes me happier than having all the things that I wanted and had originally. Wow! It sounds paradoxical, but 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 the Apostle Paul is saying this is how my life has worked. So he is verifying what Dan Gilbert in that TED Talk was saying. So you say, well, where's the true happiness? And, and that that's the that's the answer. It is in the perspective. So the next point on true happiness. True happiness is the emptying of self, so that one might be filled with the treasure of Christ likeness, and thereby inherit. The earth, because Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth.
2: You're listening to Christian Questions with Jonathan and Rick, our subject. What are you happy about? We're looking forward to hearing from Tennessee and our online listeners, especially. Call us toll free, 866-985-4255. That's 866-985 for all.
1: And we're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. So, Jonathan, let's go on to the next beatitude. And, and what we're seeing is Jesus is focusing on areas of lack and areas of need and saying, you're happy. You're happy in those places because you are being compensated for by Jesus, by, by Jesus himself, by, by, by serving God through him. Matthew 5, 6.
2: Happy are those who are hungry and thirsty for true goodness, for they will be fully satisfied.
1: So you're happy when you're hungry and thirsty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> well,
1: but again, Jesus is saying, don't judge your life, don't judge your happiness based on the moment you're experiencing. Judge it based on what that moment brings you to. And that's the point of finding true happiness. There's a great quote here, Jonathan, from Martin Luther King, Jr.
2: Those who are not looking for happiness are the
1: most likely to
2: find it because those who are searching forget that the surest way to be happy is to seek happiness for others.
1: So there is something special about giving away to have something come back. Yes. And the best way to have goodness come back is to give away everything you possibly can.
2: kind of reminds me of agape love.
1: Exactly. And agape love, that's a Greek word. I mean, what, what does agape mean? Agape means selfless Love, love that doesn't have interest in getting something, but is interested in giving something. Yes. Okay. So let, let's go back to CBS News. This was uh, they're they're interviewing the editor of Time magazine because in July eighth of this year, July eighth two thousand thirteen, they had a cover story on the science of happiness.
4: People and Steve Jobs uh, said, "If you haven't found the thing that makes you happy when you go to work in the morning." Find something else, because you won't be good at it until you're happy with it. Mm-hmm. And don't do it in moderation. Yeah. To be thrilled. I mean, to be able to say, I would do this uh, even if I wouldn't get paid for it. We are blessed. Those I'm not people, saying that, Jeffrey. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no. I mean, we like our
6: job a lot. Yeah. do go there. You, you can stop there. talking yeah. now, Jeffrey. Yeah. Okay.
4: <laughs> now I'm going to fantasy land. we not going to be on the phone to Time Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Let me keep my current payment. <laughs>
3: Thanks, Jeffrey.
4: Thank
0: you. Uh,
1: it's interesting because they're saying, okay, if you can be engaged in something that just makes you so happy, it's like, I would do this without getting paid. And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa,
8: it looks like on that bar. But you know what, Jonathan?
1: (laughs) That's one of the best parts of Christian questions for me. One of the greatest things. Th- this is not a. This is not a paid gig here, folks. No, this it's is, not. This is. We don't do this for money. We never have, and we never will, because this is the most happy, happy experience of our lives to be able to just talk about the gospel. I, I mean, how much better does it get than that? It, it doesn't get better. And, and that's the point. It doesn't get better than that, Jonathan. We're running a little bit low on time. Um, the scripture. In 2nd Timothy 2:15 to 19, we are not going to be able to read it cuz you know we're we're getting a little bit low here time-wise, but it'll be in scripture on the full edition. Excellent. So it'll be there at christianquestions.com. At, right. And it's talking about the firm word of foundation of God stands firm with us. That God knows them that are his. So when we're hungry and thirsty for goodness, we'll be satisfied. We're promised that satisfaction. And the point on happiness is this. True happiness is the deep pursuit of and focus on truth, pure truth, to understand it and teach it, and that's what the Second Timothy two fifteen to nineteen scripture is really saying. Yes. Want to, before this, this uh, segment ends. Want to go to another soundbite from UC Berkeley study on happiness, and this says something again. This is another profound. This is thing. amazing. This is great. Listen to this. These new studies are discovering that the age old golden rule, treat others as you would want to be treated, is actually part of our genetic makeup and it may be the answer to our survival as a species.
4: Do sympathetic people uh, do better in the game of reproduction? Turns out they are more attractive as mates. Sympathetic parents have kids who are more resilient and who thrive more. Do sympathetic people do better in competitive situations with strangers? And we're starting to marshal data that show kind people fare pretty well and evoke a lot of trust in others.
1: So, I I love that because they say the age-old golden rule seems to be genetic. Now, who told us the golden rule? God. Through (laughs) Jesus' own words, right? It, It came to us through. And so, Jesus is, when we look at the Beatitudes, what we're seeing is Jesus is teaching us happiness is available no matter what stage of life you're in. It's a perspective, and just because you're in a miserable state at this moment doesn't mean you can't be happy, because if you're following me to worship God, you can find true happiness, even in the difficulty. He's telling us that. And then we find studies finally reveal what Jesus knew all along. Science proves the Bible. Right, and and it, it gives us a sense that Jesus is saying to us, do to others as you would have them do to you. This is what provokes true and deep happiness in people's lives. It's powerful, powerful thought that giving is what helps us to get and not getting is not what makes us happy. But the truest, deepest form of of happiness, what they call in in science now synthetic happiness, is actually a much more powerful kind of happiness. Folks, look, if we're not on in your area for the second hour, go to christianquestions.com, click listen live. There's a whole lot more to talk about with happiness and how it works and how we can get it to work better in our lives and how we can actually be happier even if our circumstances are telling us not to be happy because it comes down to our perspective through Christ. For Jonathan and Rick, it's Christian Questions. There's lots, lots more to talk about. Check us out on Facebook. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and go to ChristianQuestions.com to get details on all of that. But until the next hour, which is coming up in just a few minutes, the subject for today, what are you happy about. Much more to come. We'll be back soon. Think about it.
0: is Christian Questions.
1: Jonathan Saffron Forer once said, You cannot protect yourself from sadness without protecting yourself from happiness. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And, Jonathan, we have got an amazingly profound subject this morning.
2: We do, Rick, and our question is... What are you happy about?
1: It's like, what are you talking about? What are you happy about?
2: And our theme text comes from Matthew 5, verse 11. And when happiness will be yours when people blame you and ill-treat you and say all kinds of slanderous things against you for my sake. And boy, does that sound like an unhappy
1: scripture. It does. It sounds like a complete contradiction of terms. Happiness will be yours when people blame you and ill-treat you and say all kinds of slanderous things against you for my sake. How could that possibly be? And in the first hour, we were really talking about how Jesus is giving us a concentrated teaching on happiness in the Beatitudes. Yeah, the Beatitudes. And, and that word blessed really means happy. And and he, what he's saying is happiness is attainable even when you are feeling like you, you're you inadequate. Happiness is, is attainable uh, when you're meek, when you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness. When you mourn. Happiness is attainable when all of these things seem to be against you because happiness is a state of mind that says God supplies my increase yes. a- a- and that is powerful in the world uh, in which we live and and in the first hour Jonathan we were sort of uh, teasing the audience here uh, and saying you know let, let's hear from uh, each of our broadcast areas and, and see uh, who's happy out there right and we uh, heard from Indiana and we heard from Connecticut a few times yeah but we didn't hear from Tennessee we didn't until now that's right so let's go to the phones
2: we have Beth from Tennessee good morning Beth
3: hey good morning guys how are you
1: doing well how are you
3: i had to weigh in for my home state i couldn't let us um seem to be unhappy out here (laughs) because i think we're pretty happy and and i'm happy and i think what makes me happy is knowing that i am a child of the king of the universe that i am a joint heir with christ that that God created me, He called me, He loves me, He knows everything about me, and He is concerned with everything about me. And I'm always going to have a happy ending, because Trish and I were talking, and Trish said, God only makes happy endings. And And so if I concentrate on that, and if I tell myself, hey, God's got this, and he's going to resolve it, and it's going to happen because he told me it would. That's what makes me happy.
1: Boy, that's plenty.
3: <laughs> yeah. You
1: have enough hey, going for you to last you a know, lifetime.
3: And once again, you know, another way I think God speaks to me, and he really speaks to me through you guys. You, you are so, so precious to me because it seems like when I, I need a special word... You've always got it for me, and I really appreciate that. And uh, I love you guys, and you guys have a great day.
1: Thanks, Th- thank you, Beth. We, appreci- we appreciate it. And uh, God's got this, you know. And 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 that's that, that's the power of the Lord, you know, giving giving those who search out for Him what they need. And that's exactly what Jesus said. That's why we can be happy, Beth. Thanks so much for the call and for for giving us the sense of the the magnitude. Of the reasons for our happiness, even if life is not going the way we would like it to. Right. And the best kind of happiness is not when you get what you want. The best kind of happiness is what you make when you get what you don't necessarily want. And we make the goodness and the happiness through clinging to the promises of God through Christ. So, Beth, again, thanks so much for the call. And, folks, if you have a thought on happiness, you can certainly weigh in at 866 985 4255-TOLL-FREE, eight six six nine eight five for We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: Christian Questions, a weekly habit that's good for you. Thanks for tuning us in every Sunday morning from 7 to 9. Join our conversation any day and time
1: at ChristianQuestions.com. Jonathan, let's go to a, a soundbite. This is from Soul Pancake. Now, I'm not sure what the meaning of all that is, <laughs> but it kind of got my attention. And they're talking about, the science of happiness and an experiment they did, and we're going to sort of feature that experiment as we go through this second hour.
9: What makes you happy? Having fun? Hanging out with friends? Delicious food? Making money? Well, consider this. Psychologists have scientifically proven that one of the greatest contributing factors to overall happiness in your life is how much gratitude you show. Yeah? Think about that. Go ahead and marinate on it for a second. You can thank me later if you want. It'll make you feel better according to this study. You go ahead and click on it and read it if you want. Or you can keep watching because we read it. And we thought it might be fun to test out for ourselves.
1: So they're going to do a little experiment about this showing gratitude idea. And, and what science says, showing gratitude is what makes people happiest. Wow. It, it is an amazing thing. That it, is. And that's all of what Jesus was teaching us in the Beatitudes about attitude of happiness. Now, I want to go to another, another soundbite really quickly because sometimes the gospel gets a little bit twisted. And we, we, we sort of pick and choose things. We, we, we treat it like a buffet. You know, I, I like this. I don't like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is a, another uh, discussion from Emory University on the, the Bible and the pursuit of happiness.
9: What I think about the prosperity emphases, uh, the simplistic ones, especially the prosperity gospel, is that it's a greatly a ab- Abbreviated, pigeonized version of the full language of Scripture. I'm worried about that because those messages are often very powerful precisely because of their simplicity and also uh, wildly popular. Uh, they can sell a lot of books. They can gain a lot of fame. They can get a lot of uh, people listening because they promise a lot. But in final analysis, I think they promise more than they can deliver.
1: That's important because sometimes we get caught up in in the wave that is sweeping across our country right now through Christianity. That's right. That God wants you to have, God wants you to be happy through having things and through having your life go well and all of that. When in fact Jesus in the Beatitudes is teaching us the exact opposite. Yes. He and he's teaching us, look, happiness doesn't come from stuff, it comes from within, especially when life is not going the way you want it to be going. So very powerful, very important groundwork for understanding true, true happiness. Folks, again, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free 866 985 all Jonathan, let's get started. Uh, another Beatitude, Matthew 5-7 from the Phillips translation. Happy are the
2: merciful, for they will have mercy shown to them.
1: Okay, so now the next aspect of, of happiness Jesus is teaching us comes from from showing mercy. And we have a great quote from Mother Teresa here. Let no one
2: ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face. Kindness in your eyes. Kindness in your smile.
1: So she's basically saying embody happiness, the happiness of God, the love of God. And, and give it away to others. Exactly. Give it away. James two twelve to 17. So speak
2: and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who's shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment.
1: Okay, so now there's an important aspect here. He's saying uh, judgment will be, will be without mercy to anyone who doesn't show mercy. But mercy triumphs over judgment. doesn't mean that you, you're not supposed to make judgments. What it means is mercy has to be the overriding factor, and that's the theme for the rest of this scripture here.
2: What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is that What is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead.
1: All right, now, Jonathan, here's a question. Is that happiness or is that a threat? (laughs) Faith without works is dead. Watch it, brother. I mean, it almost can, can sound threatening, but what it's doing is it's saying, okay, you've got something of great precious value in your faith. Yes. Now you must, because it's so valuable, you have to do something with it. Live it. And that's what brings that utter happiness into our lives. So the next principle, the next point on happiness is true happiness revels in the display of mercy. For it knows that our need for heavenly mercy can only be met in proportion to our desire to give that mercy freely. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is teaching us, be merciful. And it makes you happy to be merciful, even if it 's hard to be merciful, because you will be shown mercy as a result of your giving mercy out, so uh, again, folks we you know what we haven 't heard from any of the online listeners no yet. we haven't and, 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 and this is all about happiness, and we'd love to hear from you, of course, if you want to call in from Tennessee or Indiana or Connecticut or Rhode Island or any place else. Feel free to do so. We'd love to hear from you. 866-985-4255. Next, Beatitude. And Jonathan, we are moving through these quickly because there's a lot of them and we want to sort of put a bow on it by the end of the program. Matthew five eight. Happy
2: are the utterly sincere, for they will see God.
1: That is one of the most powerful, powerful, to me, aspects of happiness because it comes down to if we're not completely sincere, then happiness is too elusive. Mm-hmm. So sincerity takes away the elusiveness of happiness. Hebrews ten twenty-one to twenty-five.
2: And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near.
1: See now, Jonathan, this one does sound happy. Because it's talking about uh, drawing together, uh, having a high priest over us uh, that that um, it gives us a sense of uh, we've got a place to go. Yes. So whatever we lack, we can bring that lack before Jesus to God, and that will make up for the lack. And that is the recipe for happiness. So true happiness, true, deep, and abiding happiness can only truly be cultivated in a pure heart, for there it will never fall into contradiction. So the more pure our heart, the less contradiction our life brings. Therefore, the more fullness our happiness uh, uh, attains. Yes. That so Jesus is telling us very simply, very straightforward manner, here is how you live a happy life. The Christian secret to a happy life. Somebody wrote a book once by that title. Okay. Years and years and years ago, the Christian secret to a happy life is found in the beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Wow. It's an amazing that is. it's an amazing thing.
2: Rick, we were talking before the break about how happy Jesus was in giving. And we we're looking at the opposite of Satan being prideful and selfish, and how unhappy he must be.
1: And, and it's an interesting thought because you, you think about that and you say, okay, here's Satan, and remember, he said, I will ascend, a, you know, to the, I will be like the Most High, I will do this, I will, I will, I will. Right. So he's looking to get what he wants, well, get right. what he wants, get what he wants. Jesus, on the other hand, and when you're trying to get what you want, your point is you're never happy because you always want something else.
2: You're never satisfied.
1: Right, because tr- truly, and here's another paradox of humanity happiness is always in the journey yes and when you once you once you quote arrive well now what do i do that kind of a thing exactly and jesus rather than getting what he wanted his response was prophetically expressed in isaiah here am i send me to do what to do your will oh my god not what i want but what you want, you want and that's where the truest happiness comes mm-hmm. from so you're right satan must be miserable at heart yeah. while jesus is the exact opposite of the happiness of doing the will of his Father. And he expressed that so many times. Uh, Well, not scripture in this segment, Jonathan, Psalm 24, verses 3 to 5.
2: Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, and who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, and has not shown, sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation.
1: Clean hands and a pure Heart. Jesus is saying happy are those with a pure heart who are utterly sincere for they will see God. I mean come on. Even if life is not going well for you now, you will see God if you have a pure heart.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what are you happy about? Coming up, peacemaking and persecution brings happiness. I can understand peacemaking, but persecution? Oh yeah, sign me up. Persecution, yeah. <laughs> Uh, That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome
2: back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick, and I'm pretty happy, Rick. (laughs) Uh, Our subject this morning, what are you happy about? Call us toll-free, 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: And, Jonathan, you, you, you think that talking about a subject like happiness, like, okay, how are you going to stretch it out and cover two hours? But we're, we're looking at this saying, <laughs> how are we going to fit it all in? Exactly, Because Jesus gives us a profound sense of true abiding happiness not happiness that's fleeting because you got something and and, and then you've got to go try to find something else to get but Jesus is giving us a sense of that, what, what's called synthetic happiness, happiness that comes from making happiness out of difficult experiences. And in Matthew 5, Jesus is teaching us all of that. Uh, we, we had started with an introduction from Soul Pancake about a little experiment they were going to do in relation to gratitude and its relationship to happiness. So let's go on to the uh, next soundbite from Soul Pancake on the science of happiness
9: we asked them to close their eyes and think of somebody who was really influential in their life somebody who did something really amazing or important for them we had them write down as much as they could about why this person was so important now a lot of them thought at this point the experiment was over until we really put them on the spot and tried to get them to call that person and read what they wrote about them thank you jessica we're gonna have to have you call your mother so who is that right person for you
0: person is my sister erica
9: we're gonna give erica a call
0: (laughs) Okay. who picking? friend of mine, uh, Craig Ains.
7: Her name is Dora.
9: My college accounting instructor. Really? Mm-hmm. Is this somebody you're still in touch with today? No, I'm assuming that he's passed on. That's, that's a shame. <laughs> To great beyond. You up for it?
7: Um, uh, yes.
1: So the experiment was they had to uh, find somebody who they, they had great um, appreciation for, great gratitude for. And write down why. And then they said, okay, now we want you to call that person and read it to them. And read it to them. Wow. And, you know, that takes us out of our comfort zone. Oh, it does. And so the experiment is going to go on, and we're going to unfold a little bit about how that happens in in just a few minutes. Um, So, Jonathan, just on a a slightly separate note, and and you know what, just in the interest of time, Fred, we are going to skip the next soundbite, so get Q up 12 Let's look at the next uh, beatitude, because Jesus nails down... 2,000 years ago, what science is now just figuring out about happiness.
2: Happy are those who make peace, for they will know... Uh, for they will be known as sons of God.
1: All right, so happy. Blessed are the peacemakers. Happy are those who make peace. That's the Phillips translation. Well, how do you become a peacemaker? If you want to be happy and you're a follower of Christ, he says become a peacemaker. How do you become a peacemaker? Uh, how do you enter into the experiences of those around you? Well, let's look at Romans 12, 15 to 18.
2: Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. And if possible, so far as it depends on you,
1: live peaceably with all. So, the Apostle Paul is saying, here's how to enter into the experiences of those around you. Because this is where Jesus is saying, be a peacemaker and... uh, and you will be known as sons of god and you're happy if you weep with those who weep and look weeping is never a happy experience
2: but you're sharing in their
1: sadness and so there's something deeper to happiness than just feeling hoo hoo everything's great yes it is a deep abiding life changing Approach And again, folks, we want to encourage you to go back to our program on worry we did just a few weeks ago. And listen to the program on worry and all of the things that make worry happen.
2: And get CQ Rewind and read it and follow it with listening.
1: Yeah, I, I tell you, the rewind for that program, the full edition rewind, was one of the best that, that they had ever, ever done. Almost as good as the one they did last week. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just they're getting better and better at it. But you can sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition at ChristianQuestions.com. It's a free service and that should make you really happy because what it does is as you listen to the program and you read along with it, you can really get the meaning because you're seeing it and you're hearing it and there's the illustrations and it just fits together so, so well.
2: Only at ChristianQuestions.com
1: So Jesus is saying become a peacemaker and you will be known as the sons of God. Now again folks, we'd love to hear from you on what makes you happy. Our number is 866-985-4255 toll free 866 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 That means we're on right now and it's all about
2: happiness. Stay connected to Rick and I at ChristianQuestions.com no matter the day or time.
1: So Jesus says, okay, be a peacemaker and you'll be known as sons of God. Does that mean we just arbitrarily become a peacemaker and it doesn't matter what's going on? Oh, let's just make peace. Let's just make peace. I think we've got to understand the context. Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 4.
2: If then there are, If there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others.
1: So here, the concept is, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, those are the are the, the prerequisites for for approaching and trying to be a peacemaker yes okay so it puts it in a context of positive spiritual growth that's where we want to be focused on so when we look at this beatitude blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God the point we get from this is true happiness deeply desires peace among all for then happiness can reign over all and there's no better happiness than happiness shared Yes, and that seems to be the overriding theme of all of what Jesus is saying uh, in the Beatitudes. And remember the soundbite that said, "In the Golden Rule, do unto others as you would have them do to you." That's the words right. of Jesus. Uh, it seems to be genetic. I mean, think about science is figuring out that all the keys to a really successful, happy life are the things that Jesus taught us. Right? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It is wonderful. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter thirteen verse eleven.
2: Finally, brethren, rejoice. Be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you.
1: So if you are this, this way and this way and this way, then the God of love and peace will be with you. Yes, And that's exactly what Jesus says. Happy are those who make peace, for they will be known as sons of God. So, God, So what that tells us, Jonathan, is God has peacemaking in his mind and in his plan.
2: He does indeed.
1: We need to get on board with his mind and his plan, and then we can be as sons of God. Gospel means good news. That's what it means, and it means good news for everybody, not just you and I, because we happen to be you and I. Right. So there's something much bigger about how how all of that works. So... Folks, we're looking at the concept of happiness, and again, as we look at this concept, it's important to realize that happiness, the kind of happiness we're talking about, is what earlier was called synthetic happiness, and that is the ability to make happiness out of uh, a situation that doesn't work out quite the way you want it. And has your life just always just like fallen right into place, everything is perfect and no, you don't have to worry about anything and
2: but it's it's a lifelong journey to find happiness. And through difficult experiences.
1: And isn't it true that the more difficult experience we have, if we have a godly attitude toward that difficult experience when he
2: brings us out of it, it's like wow what a peace that we have
1: that scripture no trial for the time seems to be joyous but grievous yes but afterward yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness absolutely so the point of that is you can be happy in the trial because afterwards something great is coming from it so um, let's see we we need to go to our next soundbite here this is soul pancake remember they're doing an experiment on gratitude and what they did is they gathered some people in and said okay find somebody for whom you have much gratitude in your life Write down all the things you can think of as to why you have this gratitude for that person. And they did that, and they said, okay, now we want you to call them up and read this to them. So now let's see how this begins to uh, unfold.
0: I have to read this to you, okay? And you can't say anything or, I don't know, you can respond, but I probably will just keep going. (laughs) Okay? Is everything okay?
8: Yes, but I have to read this out loud to you.
9: The person who has had the biggest impact on my life, outside of Jesus Christ, who is responsible for my existence, was my college accounting
4: instructor. He had a joy and enthusiasm for his job like no other teacher I have ever known.
7: I love her to death, and she keeps me going with positive talk. She is a woman that knows what she wants and won't give up until it is achieved.
3: Oh, so I, I, I don't know what I'm not cry because it's so
1: beautiful. So you see the beginnings of not only putting down on paper your gratitude but then giving that gratitude the, to the person who who supplied it for you. Wow. <laughs> and and you could hear uh, you know the the young woman was reading to her sister. You know, Ready to choke yeah, up. Yeah, she's Uh-oh. sniffling all over the place because it, it is just from the depths of her heart. And folks, this is part of the secret of true, true happiness. So, so what do we know about happiness from Jesus' happiness teaching so far, Jonathan?
2: Well, its foundation is not in me, but isn't the foundation's in thee.
1: Okay, so it's not all about me. No, it's, it's not. It's all about thee, God specifically. What else?
2: It can grow through our sorrows when we are teachable and really we want to be taught that which hails from above.
1: Okay, so... Happiness can actually grow because we have sorrows, because we have difficulties, because we have trials, as long as we remain teachable and focused on that which comes down from above.
2: And this is all expressed in merciful actions from a pure heart.
1: So mercy is always important and the purity of our heart. And Jonathan, that to me is one of the greatest keys. Look, none of us has, I think, an absolutely 100% pure heart. No. But we can certainly strive that 100% pure heart. And we can get, you know, like what is it with the ivory soap, 99.9 nine. and, and 44, <laughs> 100% pure or something. Yeah. You know, we can strive for the ivory soap heart approach where we, we have the, the best purity we can muster and there is great happiness in that even if life stinks at the moment.
2: That's right, and these are the happiest ingredients that are necessary for the truest and deepest and most transforming expression of
1: happiness. So, the most transforming expression of happiness is yet to come. So, all of those things that we have just discussed put us in the context for the most happy, and this is not grammatically correct, but I don't care, (laughs) the most happiest experiences of our lives. What are they? Well, Matthew 5 10, Jesus in the Beatitudes. Here's what he says next.
2: Happy are those who have suffered persecution for the cause of goodness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs.
1: And you read that and you say, wait a minute. This does not sound happy. This does not sound joyful. Persecution. That's uncomfortable. Right. Persecution means being pursued and generally not for a good cause. Right. Okay. So happy are you those who have suffered persecution for uh, for the cause of goodness for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, why how does happiness develop in that situation that's a That's an important, important question. We have another quote here though though, from uh, Hunter Thompson
2: so we shall let the reader answer this question for himself: Who is the happier man? he who has braved the storm of life and lived, or he who has stayed securely on shore and merely existed
1: and this is exactly. What Jesus is teaching us in the Beatitudes. He is teaching us to, to us, his followers. He's saying to us, listen, you have to live your life. You cannot be a follower of me by just watching from the sideline. That's right. You have to get into life. You have to make mistakes. You have to be engaged. You have to uh, uh, be a part of the things going on around you.
2: Make the most of your experience.
1: And it will make you happy. Even when it all seems to fall apart. So very, very, very important uh, process that Jesus is teaching us. And Hunter Thompson's quote really nails it down. Who, uh, who is who's the happier one? The, the one who braved the storm and lived? Or the one who stayed securely on shore and just existed? Folks, you want to live because that's where happiness is. Existing is not a happy way to be. No, it's not. And it's not a Christian way to be either. All of the previous happiness lessons have led us to this security in Psalm 16, verses 7 to 9. I will bless the Lord who
2: has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me, because he is at at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely.
1: So, here you have a great sense of security. Now, we're, we're about to embark on a very serious discussion on suffering persecution. And Jesus doesn't just leave it at that one statement. But in the next segment, he's going to really in, develop that statement. But here it says, I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me at night. I have set the Lord continually before me. That is... Uh, where, where we need to be in order to be able to tr- try or to be tried in this persecution arena and find true happiness.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject, what are you happy about? Coming up, what joy was set before Jesus in his life? Was it all a bed of roses? Is he is the pattern. Let's learn from him. That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome
2: back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, What Are You Happy About? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website... Christianquestions.com.
1: And Jonathan, we're going through the Beatitudes, and this is Jesus' uh, primary teaching on how to live a happy life. Everybody wants to live a happy life. The Constitution, uh, or the Declaration, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How do you do it? Well, listen to Jesus. <laughs> That's how you do it. Go to Matthew 5 and look at the Beatitudes and re- replace the word blessed with the word happy because that, it really truly does belong there. Let's, let's go back to the phones.
2: All right. Well, Connecticut's calling, and so someone is happy in Connecticut, and it's Randall. <laughs> Welcome to Christian Questions, Randall.
10: Good morning, hey guys.
1: Hey, how are you?
10: We have Exodus 17.11. As long as Moses kept his hands raised up, Israel had the better of the fight. I have a dear friend whose toddler has special needs. Daily she takes the child to school, to therapy. Daily she raises her arms for her child. The child is happy, and my friend is happy. Luke nine sixty two, Jesus said, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The key to happiness is to remember that we are made in the image of God. God loves. So when we love, we are happy. Happiness is love in action. That is the kingdom. Luke 11.20, but if it's by the finger of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come
1: upon you. Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it. God bless you guys. You too. Take care. It is, it's a great example. You know, you have someone who has a special needs child, and you think, uh, wh- those of us on the outside looking in, you think, "Wow, what a burden." Yes. But when you see those individuals take care of those special need children, and you see the joy, it's an amazing experience. It is. And that see that's synthetic happiness. Life didn't. You don't. You don't want to have a special needs child, but you you've got one. So what do you do?
2: You make the most of
1: do it. Do you sulk? Do you get all bent out of shape? Or do you say, this is a gift?
2: And, and you bring joy to your life through that gift.
1: And and, and, it just, and it goes to the lives of others as well. Randall, thanks so much. Great example. Jonathan, a universal true happiness principle. We started the program with one. We're in the last segment. We're going to end it with this one. Godliness plus contentment equals a happy life. Absolutely. And it's a scriptural uh, statement, 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 to 10.
2: But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we should be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare, and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs.
1: So it's an interesting uh, text. We can spend a lot of time on it. We're not and gonna...
2: Julius even uh, quoted this.
1: Right. And the whole point is godliness actually is a means of gain with contentment. And so that takes the object of gain and puts it into a whole different uh, environment. And Jesus is teaching us about gain in the Beatitudes. Let's go back to the uh, Soul Pancake Experiment. Remember, that's the experiment where they brought these folks in, said, okay, who do you have great gratitude for in your life? Write down all the reasons why. Now, now that you've written it down, I want you to call them and read what you wrote to them. And here's a little bit more of the results of that.
0: Erica is my older sister and my best friend. Sometimes it even feels like we are twins. She's my number one fan and my number one supporter. She makes me happy because despite all my mistakes and my decisions, she still loves me no
7: matter what. Your friendship is everything. And you are, you are one of the most important person in my life. Even when
0: she has a kid and many children, I will love her more than her kids. Okay, maybe not. I will never forget when she flew 3,000 miles to the drop of a phone call to save me from a breakup.
3: I'm being blessed by having a son like you.
0: I love
1: you. Bye. And that just gives you a sense of the 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 change in us when we actually express gratitude. That's what brings happiness.
2: An attitude of gratitude.
1: Absolutely positively. One of the things about one of those calls that it was not on any of the sound bites, the woman with the accent, mm-hmm. the person she was writing about lives in Great Britain. And when she called him, it was 4 o'clock in the morning when she called the person. Oh, my. But she called, woke him up, and read him the letter because <laughs> it was important to express that gratitude and happiness. Wow. That, it's, just, it's just an interesting, <laughs> interesting sidelight there. So, Jonathan, let's get down to what Jesus says uh, in wrapping up this lesson on Christian happiness. Matthew 11, 5, I'm sorry, 11 uh, and 12.
2: And what happiness will be yours when people blame you? And ill-treat you and say all kinds of slanderous things against you for my sake. Be glad then. Yes, be tremendously glad. For your reward in heaven is magnificent. They persecuted the prophets before your time in exactly the same way.
1: So Jesus is saying, what happiness will be yours? When people blame you and they'll treat you and say all kinds of nasty, nasty, terrible, awful, slanderous things about you. Be glad. He's saying, he's not just saying be glad.
2: No, he's not. <laughs>
1: he's saying be tremendously glad. I mean, you should be almost euphoric <laughs> <laughs> because this is what you're here for. And you think, well, how can you possibly put yourself in such a positive situation when everything around you is so... Uh, hard so difficult so negative before we get into other scriptures on that Jonathan and folks if you have a thought now would absolutely be the time uh, we'd love to hear from you 866-985-4255 toll free 866 985 for all we are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 and that means we're on right
2: now and go to our website and become a Twitter follower to learn about upcoming programs and new updates our website also has 500 archive programs go to ChristianQuestions.com
1: So, quote from Gordon Hinckley.
2: Generally speaking, the most miserable people I know are those who are obsessed with themselves. The happiest people I know are those who lose themselves in the service of others. By and large, I have come to see that if we complain about life, it is because we're thinking only of ourselves.
1: And there you have it. It's a great summation of all of the things that we've been talking about. And and Trish, our call screener, my wife, just handed me a note. And he says, so when we express our gratitude to our God, just imagine what happiness uh, it will bring. Uh, not only does it bring happiness to us, but it brings happiness to our Father. What it does is it makes our Creator happy when His creation goes and looks to him with praise and honor. Mm-hmm. So, look, it's, it's a win-win-win. But now, how do you express that and live in that win-win-win when there's, when there's trial and persecution and slander and all of these evil things happening to you? 1 Peter 3, 13-17. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even
2: if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience, so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better if God should will it so, that you should suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong.
1: So basically, uh, the Apostle Peter here is saying, look, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. First of all, you want to suffer for doing what's right rather Not than what's wrong. What's wrong right? okay. Secondly, you have to prove zealous. You have to uh, have gentleness and reverence. And you have to keep a good conscience. Um, you have to be able to put these things in such a perspective so that when it happens, it doesn't throw you off. Right. It's just an experience that's coming into your life that you now have the strength to process. And Jesus in the Beatitudes, Jonathan, listed out all the things to prepare us for this happiness experience of persecution.
2: It's one experience built upon another to give right. you strength to handle future So he
1: gave us all of those other ingredients to say, okay, here's the ultimate test of your true happiness in, in me in Jesus is can you rejoice in persecution? And and it does remind us of the scripture from uh, Nehemiah, I think it's Nehemiah four ten, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm, and he yes. said that as a result of a massive amount of difficulty, which we don't have time for right now. First Peter four uh, twelve to sixteen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes
2: upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you are sharing the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that none of your sufferings as a uh, suffer as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. For if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to
1: glorify God in this name. So again, in uh, Peter, he's he's reiterating the fact that don't be surprised at the difficulty, at the fiery trial that's going to try you, as though some strange thing is happening. No, rejoice. This is what Jesus was preparing you for with the Beatitudes. He's preparing you to be able to live this way. So uh, the, the, the last point on, on true happiness. True happiness can actually be expressed in persecution, if it is founded in the love and sacrifice of Christ, for our happiness emulates his joy that was set before him. Now, Jonathan, we want to begin to wrap this up with a hymn. This is sung by Shedaisi. It's How Can I Keep From Singing. And when you listen to this, folks, this is, this is as beautiful as it gets. Bask in the glory of gratitude and of happiness in Christ. How
8: can I keep How can I keep How can I keep From singing My life flows on In endless song Above earth's lamentation I hear the sweet, I hear the sweet, of far off, the far off here that hails a new, a new creation through all the toil and the strife. I hear My In my soul, how can I keep from singing? The peace of Christ makes fresh my heart, a fountain never. Can I keep from singing?
1: Doesn't that just wrap it up?
2: Oh, it does.
1: Look, trials and difficulties, don't be surprised, be happy. Suffer for Christ. And be blessed. How can we keep from singing? I mean, think about the sentiments of that hymn and the beauty of it. And, and Jonathan, those are the, the those are the kinds of things that make me happy when I when I hear the the the, the beauty of, of voices coming together and and and, and singing and the praise, harmony. And, and and the message is that you know it. it It inspires us to be more Christ-like. Our last scripture, Jonathan, is John chapter 13, verses 15 to 17.
2: For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if you do
1: them. And Jesus, now think about this. Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, were very early in the ministry of Jesus. This John chapter 13 is the, day, the night before he's crucified. So you have the lessons of happiness all laid out for us. Then his example of living those lessons of happiness throughout his ministry. And then the night before he's crucified, he's saying, I've shown you the way, I've taught you the way. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. And folks, that's the secret for a Christian's life of true happiness. It's not about getting what you want. It's about making happiness about what we're given because in Christ, all things work together for good to them that love God and those called according to His purpose. We hope you've enjoyed being with us this morning. We have truly been happy to be with you and we invite you to come back and join us next week for another subject. But until then... Folks, it's really, really, really all about happiness. Check us out on Facebook. Let us know what you think there. You can email us at rick at christianquestions.net. We'd love to hear from you. It makes us happy. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, till next week, what are you happy about? Think about it.